to today's episode, episode 11. I just want to take a quick uh, moment to thank all of our listeners so far on Life in the Front Office. It's been a great experience thus far. We've had 10 great episodes. Looking forward to today's episode with Ari Kaplan and Fred Clare. My name is Jake Hirschman, your host. And today we have Ari Kaplan. Kaplan, a longtime uh, exec within baseball and really on the front of, of analytics. And we welcome him today to, to the podcast to talk a little bit about his background, how he got into it, and kind of where analytics and baseball is going. So Ari, welcome. Thanks. Uh, great to have you. Great to, and uh, great to reconnect, Jake and Fred. Absolutely. And we have Fred on today as well. And, uh, you know, Ari, talk a little bit about what you, you know, your, your past, obviously, uh, myself playing at Redlands and, and yourself playing at Caltech, we can't say we were there at the same time, but we both competed in the Sky Act. So talk a little bit about how you got started in baseball. Well, it, it, it's a passion of mine, just uh, being around the game and uh, ever since being a little kid. And when I got to Caltech, which is a division three school, uh, tried out and was able to make the team, which was pretty much a dream come true, uh, playing in the SIAC in Southern California and uh, really parlayed uh, going to Caltech and the relationship I had with Fred Clare being in Southern California to have even wilder dreams come true, which is being able to work in uh, Major League Baseball going on my 31st season. No, that's awesome. I mean, talk a little bit about some of the experiences you've had over 31 seasons. You know, someone would ask, you know, holy cow, how many, you know, how many teams have you worked for? What organizations, et cetera? Sure. Well, as of late, I would say I'm most known for having been brought in by the Chicago Cubs ownership to create and lead their analytics department uh, back when the Ricketts family took over, which um, with a whole team effort helped transform the organization into a world championship, which, which is great after a 108 year uh, gap between. So that, that was uh, a wonderful achievement to help uh, bring to the city. Um, but since then I had switched and become the special assistant to Dan Duquette, uh, the GM uh, up until recently of the Baltimore Orioles. And we had worked together prior with the Montreal Expo. So, uh, we, we'll talk more about that in the podcast, but helping out with every aspect of player decisions, uh, helping leverage analytics, as well as being a major league scout. So trying to find the best of both worlds or look at multiple lenses. But it's my 31st season and been involved with about two thirds of all of the teams in different capacities and uh, love to spend part of the podcast also talking about where things have changed and where things are headed. But when you think 31 years ago, uh, when Fred and I had met, who helped uh, me get my first job in baseball, there wasn't email, there wasn't an internet, um, there wasn't really even voicemail for, uh, for work. Uh, so totally different era from that technology standpoint. Um, and from an analytics standpoint, there wasn't fan graphs or baseball reference or even play-by-play -play data available, since again, no internet. So I, I would have to collect data by going to the library and looking at microfilm 
anyone remembers what that is, it's uh, basically from the LA Times where I would hand it, enter it into a database I wrote. So you know, ju just the basics starting out is to understand what happened. And then over the years, uh, once I got my foot in the door, realized there are other uh, you know, basic uh, infrastructure uh, deficit. So for example, a scout would write a report on paper and send it into what I would call the central file cabinet, which was tens of thousands of paper printouts. And if the general manager wanted to do a, a, a typical straightforward question, like uh, show me all of the minor league players that are well-rated in the Mets minor league system, it would, it would take several weeks for people to go through and collect that information. So making simple database uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s was uh, a big help to the game and no one had been doing it at that time. So that's really when I branched out and was working for upwards of five teams at any given time. And then as a common theme you'll hear from me is every four or five years, you uh, typically need to come up with the next thing to stay competitive since things are moving so quickly and good ideas get spread around and, and duplicated. So reinvent myself from uh, scouting software to analytics and um, from analytics to data science and from all of that to uh, scouting and the merging of all of those disciplines. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, being a consultant to, you know, five teams at once and working in all the different organizations, you know, you compare that to what Fred had done with the Dodgers, you know, over the same time period, I guess both of you kind of display two, two opposite ends of the spectrums, right. Of, of being able to um, see the industry and, and the front office from, from two different lenses. Maybe Fred start first, but, but talk about, you know, working with Ari, how, how he got his first start and how you maybe helped him and what, what that kind of transpired into ultimately. Well, Jake, uh, Ari and I first met, uh, and it was uh, 30 years ago or 30 plus years ago when he was a student at Caltech, a freshman who had contacted me, as Ari says, no email, uh, but it was probably a, uh, a phone call or a letter of introduction. And um, Ari had this passion for baseball, young man, uh, obviously very bright Caltech uh, student. And um, he wanted to do a, uh, a document, a, uh, a report on the effectiveness of relief pitchers. Because at that time, there really was not a effective formula to judge relief pitchers in a true value. So Ari was at the forefront of all of that, as he has always been at the forefront of analytics. I don't know of anyone involved in the game who has had more years of experience or been more innovative than Ari. So our relationship started because I wanted to help this young man when he was a student at Caltech, because my whole thrust has always been information. How do we assemble? How do we accumulate? How do we gain the most information to make the best decisions? 
And so Ari um, uh, went through his uh, career uh, as a Caltech, Caltech student and then went on to great success uh, in the technology field. And uh, again, Ari was ahead of himself. Um, he had established a company uh, just out of Caltech, a handheld device uh, that in many ways was a forerunner to the iPhone. But um, because of our beginning relationship, Ari and I stayed in touch, but years passed. And then he came um, to me after uh, Dodger days um, and wanting to spend more time in baseball. And so that's when Ari and I really uh, connected. And out of that came the formation of the company Ari Ball. Uh, I wanted Ari's name to be front and center, just as it should be. And so um, we had uh, uh, a great run there and involvement with, uh, with teams and with the media. And that uh, then we made the pivot, Jake, as you know, because you were involved to the company Scoutables. Yep, yep. And uh, we also, as part of that, uh, have done great work in looking at disability insurance, which would enable, which enables major league teams uh, to really get a, a better defined handle on their uh, payroll through the ability to insure all players on the 40-man roster. But uh, so it's been a long journey. The journey uh, continues. Um, and uh, uh, so it's, it's just a, a pleasure to work with Ari, uh, to be with him. We've been together at uh, a number of winter meetings. And of course, that's uh, coming up uh, uh, in just a few days here. Uh, so it's, um, uh, Ari's just a very, accomplished man and his uh his passion uh and his intelligence is what really has um driven ari to the uh, success that he has had well and fred you were we were kind of joking earlier before the episode started about how you, you kind of scouted out brian gumble to some extent and and ari and and someone like myself and you know so scouting kind of seems to be a a thing of, of yours that you're pretty good at. And, and then we would lend to Ari as, as being able to do the same, but maybe with uh, a lot of numbers. Um, so Ari, talk a little bit about what you've been able to do recently um, with, with some of the analytics and scouting and, and uh, what people on the outside of the game really might not know about what goes on on the inside. Sure. So, and, and thanks Fred. It's, um, it was before email and it was a phone call, no cell phones. I was sitting in my dorm room at Caltech and the hallway phone rings and, and it was you calling me and uh, said, when in the next couple of weeks, can you come and you know talk further about your analytics? And I said, how about within the hour? And <laughs> so no email. And, and yeah, I didn't want any, anything to slip. You, uh, it was a call of a lifetime, and I came right there. But yeah, fast forward multiple decades, um, and you know, the, uh, the most recently, you know, I, I would I would say, you know, let, let, well, we can start with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, had been with them the past seven seasons, and uh, very tough division: Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Tampa Bay. Um, but we managed to make the postseason. Uh, three times out of those seven seasons, um, which was a, a 
great achievement. And, uh, you know, Dan and Buck won executive and manager of the year. And five of those seven, we had the best record in the American League uh, with not the highest payroll. So a, a lot of positives. And then last season, uh, we didn't do too well on the field. Um, then again, that, that happens. Uh, I'd like to point out the Cubs and Astros also finished uh, in last place in baseball and was able to do drafting and player development and win the World Series um, just uh, you know many years later, just a few years later. Very hard to do, but um, uh, you know, so when things are good and you're making the playoffs, a lot of the experiences are how do you put together the best postseason team and how, what are the strengths and weaknesses and uh, doing advanced scouting so you could uh, prepare the uh, team to you know, get through the playoffs as best as you can. Uh, 2014 was a lot of fun when we uh, swept the Detroit Tigers and three Cy Young winners uh, in the postseason. But then in, in, when things aren't going so well on the field, you're sellers in the game. And so it was a, a, you know, n not always a position where you want to be in, but I like being positive. And it was a tremendous learning experience to have traded a lot of, you know, our our stars from Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope and Wade Miley and Kevin Gaussman and others. So as part of that, you are trying to get, uh, you know, whether it's a cost reduction, whether it's international signing bonus, which we ended up having the number one in baseball, um, and and also importantly are the best prospects you could get. So you're trading, you know, like in Manny Machado's case, somebody who will be a free agent at the end of the year. So you're trading a couple months of his playing time for prospects. And, and it was part of my job to help do evaluation with whatever I could do of these prospects. So the interesting thing about that is when you're in the major leagues, there's a ton of, ton of information available. But when you're in, in some of the player cases, you know, rookie level, short season, low A ball, high A ball, there's less uh, public knowledge about this player, but there is information like TrackMan, which is the collection of every single pitch, the release point, velocity, movement, spin, and every ball in play. Uh, what's the launch angle? Uh, what's the velocity? Th things of that nature. And you could start piecing together what type of a player might develop into the majors as well as watching video which is readily accessible now to teams so it was a, a great learning part to understand how do you forecast players i think uh, dan duquette is one of the best if not the best in the game for who may or may not pan out and then the other part of it is the whole negotiation if you have multiple teams uh you know looking to get a manny machado you know, what is the best deal and the timing um, while talking to multiple teams and keeping their interest? Yeah, well, you know, aside from the, the actual scouting side, you know, of, of the player talent and the evaluation, you know, really listening to that, it seems like there's a lot more analytics that go into the business side and, and really the decision-making factors uh, at the end of the day, which would probably surprise a lot of people. You know, Fred, maybe maybe talk about how you were able to use uh, analytics in, in your days as GM and, and kind of where they are now, Ari, 
uh, in terms of the decision-making process and, and how much people really rely on them? Well, Jake, uh, during my time as the general manager, and keep in mind, of course, uh, that uh, that ended uh, 20 years ago. So that's a lifetime, more than a lifetime. Uh, a year or two seems to be a lifetime in technology. <laughs> um, but one of the people that I reached out to, who was really uh, a forerunner in, uh, in analytics or evaluation, I would say, of, uh, of baseball and baseball talent, this fellow by the name of Craig Wright. Uh, and uh, the, the, his type of information, his in-depth type of information, for me, simply provided a different perspective and, and this is what is, to, in my mind, the key to all of this, uh, because when you're judging a player or a situation, to make the best decision, you need the best information, and, and it should come, or you're best served when it comes from a variety of viewpoints. And so the... Uh, the viewpoint of the uh, certainly of this, the scout and the scouts, which I consider critical to be combined with the viewpoint of your own organization, your major league staff, your minor league staff, your, your scouting department. But the evolution itself in technology, as Ari knows as well as anyone, is just uh, it's traveling at, at lightning speed. Uh, what what you're able to do today with the use of technology is so far surpassed to my time that there's not even really a, uh, a legitimate comparison. Uh, in many ways, it's like coming out of the Stone Age, if you would. Uh, <laughs> and, and it is because technology is changing so so quickly. But you see, uh, and uh, Ari, and uh, certainly fully aware of this. You see the changes of how this has impacted uh, the game and mm -hmm. the type of people that uh, uh, major league clubs and the analytical departments that have been established. Uh, I was uh, very fortunate to be able to teach uh, a sports class uh, for two years at Caltech. Uh, two of my former students are now working for the Dodgers. I don't think they had a, I know, they didn't have a thought that that opportunity could be there for them. They had a love for sports, but they did not see the opportunity. And, uh, and I think, Jake, that is um, certainly uh, a very important point in, in trying to uh, help young people with an interest in life in the front office in terms of how they can use their analytical skills, how the students can use their skills to uh, get into the front office. And really, there's no one better suited to speak to this than Ari, who teaches a class uh, for sports management worldwide to students in trying to help them. And Ari, I think it would be beneficial uh, to talk about uh, not only um, uh, what the class is all about, uh, but what the history has been in terms of some of your uh, former students um, finding their way into sports as a way to help and guide and encourage other young people. And, and I appreciate that coming from you, who has been relentless over decades, mentoring uh, from your own 
passion and, and goodwill. Uh, people, you know, young people just trying to get in the game and all different capacities. So I try to emulate a little bit of what you've done. And uh, one of the ways I try to do that is through Sports Management Worldwide or SMWW, which is now one of the you know, uh, well-reputed organizations with different classes in different sports. And there's GM course and uh, scouting course and, and marketing and so on. And I teach the uh, baseball analytics course. And really the goal is you know, twofold. One is most of the attendees are trying to get into the sport. So since I've been in the game, uh, it's access to myself who could just honestly answer any question. Um, but it's also teaching uh, skills, not just in what's expected of you, what's a day in the life. But uh, you know, now if you... Well, in the past, pretty much had to play baseball or have some special situation to be able to work in the game. Uh, but now it's opened up where if you have a special skill, like in analytics, being able to program, uh, uh, do database uh, SQL, program in Python, do web development, you may not have that baseball pedigree, but teams need those skills. And, uh, you know, in my class, I help explain and, and teach and expose uh, various levels of those skills. So it's great to see the success. Um, typically one or two students from each of my classes made working for a team. And that's uh, uh, something I'm very uh, happy about since there's only 30 teams and you know there's probably realistically a couple hundred uh, job openings every year uh, you know, for a professional or major league organization. So I, I, you know, above and beyond the class, I enjoy giving advice or next week at the winter meetings, I try to meet with as many people that um, are looking to try to get into the game and try to even walk up to people kind of sitting off to themselves and introduce myself. So um, that, that's another great way and something coming up in just a couple of days. If people are listening to this podcast in time and want to make it the winter meetings in Vegas, great. If not, then strongly consider it for uh, next December. Yeah, Ari, I mean, we've, I think you and, and Fred and I have had uh, maybe two or, or three winter meetings together. Uh, I obviously won't be, be going this year uh, being in, in sponsorships at Purdue now, but, you know, having been in the baseball space and, and attending those, you know, what a great experience, all the people that you get to meet and, and stories you get to, to share and learn from. Uh, I, I think, you know, to, to your credit, um, the, the success stories that you hear, right, are, are from some of those people that I'm sure you've talked to and, and given advice to. Um, you know, in general, I guess, what advice would you give to someone who's going to the winter meetings uh, this, this upcoming week in Vegas? And, you know, what would you tell them to do, you know, if, if you were in their shoes? Sure. So, you know, th there's a couple different levers, but uh, typically, if you're not yet in the game itself, and of course, I, I always recommend there's a sports management worldwide conference, which is a day on Monday, where we have uh, basically every hour, either a key speaker like Dan Duquette and uh, Rick White and, uh, and many others are, are going to be uh, presenting in panels. I'm hosting the analytics one, but you have uh, Oscar Suarez and, and others talking about agency marketing so 
I highly recommend that. I used to go um, before I became involved in the organization. But aside from that, you'll find that there's a lobby where people in the industry are just networking and, and trying to make new friends. And that goes until two or three in the morning. So don't be shy. Um, you know, it could be a bit intimidating to walk up to strangers, but you know, try to uh, be prepared by looking at the different websites of all 30, 30 teams and trying to learn the names of uh, not just the GMs or assistant GMs, but director of baseball operations. And then if you're okay with working or starting out in the minor leagues, there's a PBOE job fair where there are a couple hundred job openings and a couple hundred people looking to get jobs. They may not be at the major league level, but it's a way to get in the door. And probably the other big advice is, for, uh, unless you're already in the game, you probably have to work at uh, kind of a low pay or get your foot in the door as best as you can, number one. Um, if you do have skills that are unique, whether it's analytics or software development, or you don't have any of that, but you know how to identify if a pitch is a slider, curveball, or fastball, there's an opportunity to work in video departments. So that's a, a skill, um, you know, hard, hard to uh, come by unless you've played. So try to figure out what unique skills you might have. Maybe it's just passion and a great work ethic, and then try to meet as many people as you can. And uh, a lot of times people are, judge what skills you have, but also how you come across and how you might work with somebody. Since when you're with a team, you're working long hours and you, and teams are looking for people that are pleasant to uh, to be around as well. Oh, that's great, Ari. And, and Fred, I think back to, you know, the, the first year I went to the winter meetings, I was still a student at Redlands and I had no no intentions of getting a job. And all I did was go and, and just network and meet people. And I, I think I came away with, 50 new contacts by the time I was done, you know, after three or four days. And, and then you foster those relationships. You keep in touch with people, you know, once you're, once you've gotten to that point and you have some contacts, what advice would you have going into the winter meetings, whether it's you know, setting up meetings in advance or how, maybe how to approach certain executives uh, or, or, or your peers? Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things, just be persistent and, um, you know, play the numbers game. Uh, a lot of times uh, people are genuinely busy. People genuinely don't have job openings. And then there are some organizations where uh, they, they have a new GM and they're trying to hire 30 people all at once. Or one uh, team, you know, uh, somebody just became their assistant GM and couple play, uh, people left in another organization. So there are teams that legitimately are trying to feel uh, to fill needs. Um, so being persistent uh, the week before the winter meetings, uh, the week of the winter meetings, the, the sec back end of the week of the winter meetings, you know, there could be uh, hundreds of personnel changes. So just be persistent, uh, be polite, um, and uh, so timing's everything. If someone says there are no jobs, then you know just thank them and, and 
you know, try again at a later time or try again at the beginning of the week saying, I'm here. Has anything changed? I'd love to meet with you or somebody is probably, you know, a polite way. Um, and, and people would appreciate that. Sure. No, that's awesome advice. I appreciate it. And I, and I know our listeners do as well. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll get back to, to Fred and Ari talking analytics and, and baseball uh, here, here in a second. And we're back here on life in the front office. Ari and Fred Claire here today on, t- on today's episode. Fred, I want to I revisit the topic of the winter meetings real quick with you and, and see what advice you had, and then we'll kind of dive into uh, where analytics is going in the game with, with Ari. Jake, I think when uh, a young person uh, attends the uh, winter meetings, uh, they need uh, to be uh, realistic about opportunities of uh, who they might be able to speak to I can remember as general manager of the Dodgers, even at that time, I would probably get 20, 25 letters from uh, young people who wanted to talk to me. And uh, I would always reply. But when you looked at the schedule of the uh, general manager position or the other top decision-making positions, uh, there clearly is very little time. Uh, for those types of executives to be able to spend time at the meetings. But I think just in reaching out uh, was, an, was an important step uh, for any of the students. But as Ari spoke, it, um, I've got a little formula that I think that uh, works, and um, it really pertains to four words beginning with the letter P. And, and those would be be polite, be persistent, be professional, and show your passion. You don't want to approach someone as a that you're a fan of the game, or that you 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 need to have a very professional approach to someone. Uh, I would suggest that you, anybody attending or making contact, have a name card uh, that shows your contact information, because uh, I can tell you that persistence pays off and. An introduction to someone can pay off. I can remember at one winter meetings when a young man came up to me. He had pitched college ball at the University of Michigan, uh, mentioned that his coach had been Jeff Zahn, who was a friend of mine from Dodger days. And I helped that person who is now um, on a minor league staff as a pitching instructor. So those, those things can happen. But as Ari pointed out, Uh, You have to be persistent, uh, but while being polite and being professional. And I I think also the word passion is also important to me because you have to show people, people that you're talking to, that that you are really passionate about this goal and that you're willing to accept uh, any role in in a position at any pay just to get your breakthrough in the game. And I think if you follow those thoughts, that that can go a, um, a long way in, uh, in terms of um, perhaps finding a, uh, an opportunity or a connection. Well, that Fred, you meaningful. talk about persistency. You know, some may perceive it one way versus another. Can you maybe give an example of, of how you would be persistent but, but not overly persistent per se? Well, when I, when I say persistent, I also uh, mention, as I just did, the word 
polite. But what I mean by persistent is never let anyone tell you that there's not an opportunity in the game. Don't be set back by, well, we have no opening or we have no opportunities at this time. Uh, what, what I mean by persistent is being able to take the rejections because they will be there. And don't let that be the hurdle for you. Don't let that be the last word that you're, that you're, that you're going to want to hear. So I, I think it's really um, just staying after that, that goal. And, uh, and even if one is attending the winter meetings or in any situation, the winter meetings are limited for many young people in terms of their availability to, to be there. But just in reaching out, making contact, uh, and I've said before, uh, in many times, uh, just seeking the uh, opportunity to meet with someone or talk to someone, uh, just asking for five minutes, recognizing that there may not be an opening at that point in time. So that, that's really what I mean by persistency. It really is showing your passion uh, while being polite well, and being great. I, I appreciate the, the four P's, and I, I think a lot of people can put those to use. And Ari, we wanted to revisit kind of the analytics and where the game is today, how it's, how it's changing rapidly and kind of where it's heading. You know, talk a little bit about what that looks like and some of the things that, that uh, you might be able to give insights to. Sure. So the um, you know, kind of the history of the analytics has been traditionally based on what events happen in a game, uh, a hit, a home run, until about 2007 when Sport Vision came out with technology uh, in Major League uh, Stadiums called Pitch Effects, which for the first time opened up you know, release point, spin velocity, and so on. So Fred and I formed Ari Ball to take advantage of, of this immediate new information and provide scouting and analytic uh, services to many teams. And then just a few years later, a competing company, TrackMan, came out, which was able to uh, look better at hitting. And then just a, a couple seasons ago, StatCast is new technology that came out uh, largely based on TrackMan. And that measures everything that goes on uh, in a stadium uh, on the field. So everything from how quickly does a base runner go from first to second to how quickly does uh, a 6-4-3 double play get turned to what route efficiency did a fielder take to what was the arm accuracy uh, of everything going on in the game. So that has been a, a tremendous in terms of influx of data and now companies like Modus and others are enabling or being enabled by MLB to record some biomechanics in the game, the arm uh, angle, the elbow motion when a pitcher throws. So since it's so recent, uh, teams are now trying to scoop up and understand what, what's important about that information. If somebody can throw so many miles an hour, uh, from the outfield, what does that mean to the game and what's reliable year after year? Now, mind you, StatCast is not even installed in any minor league stadiums, so that's going to be uh, something that will be a new data feed in years to come. 
uh, TrackMan is being installed or has been installed in Japan and Korea and certain NCAA stadiums, um, Korean minor leagues. So now this huge influx of data is coming out. So that, that's where we are today. So I liken that to two of the three phases of what, what I see in the analytics. The first phase was business intelligence to see what happened. Did somebody get a home run? Did somebody strike out? Uh, what, what, what's their trend over time? That's business intelligence. And analytics is what we think of predictive analytics and forecasting. Based on what they did in the past, what might they do in the future? So like Paul Goldschmidt was uh, just signed uh, with a or traded to the Cardinals today. Um, what might he do in the future based on what he and similar players have done in the past or analytics? And then the, the next iteration, I'm hearing a lot about data science. Uh, and data science is the next evolution of analytics, which is more machine learning, artificial intelligence, whereas in analytics, you're thinking in advance what questions to ask and how to approach answering it. In data science, you could do uh, it was called unsupervised learning. You give information. For example, I partnered with IBM Watson, where you just give data sets to it, and it'll tell you what's predictive, what are strengths and weaknesses of, uh, of an opponent, all unsupervised. And you can also use machine learning to look at videos. So, for example, you could just ingest videos of uh, high school and college players for the draft, and deduce how quickly they throw the ball, uh, look at their mechanics. The data science will tell you where the, the batter's hips and wrists and elbows and shoulders and head is, all automatically just by looking at a video. And then you can get uh, emerging with skilled baseball coaches, and they could help, help determine what's important and leverage that for better training, um, you know, better mechanics of a swing or a pitch, uh, even, you know, what, what are tendencies? And interestingly, with Scoutables, uh, one of the, the creators or, or leaders of IBM, uh, Watt, uh, IBM Watson, Mark Altshuler, had uh, joined our team. So we've worked very closely with uh, uh, numerous different data science companies. I'm also working closely now with H2O, which is one of the premier machine learning uh, companies uh, out there in the market and trying to leverage that to better predict uh, player performance. Yeah, holy cow, Ari. I mean, you would, you would almost think it's a different game than five years ago, right? I, I mean, I think, think back to when I played, which really wasn't that long ago. You know, we, even in college, we didn't have any access to any of that information. And uh, it's been really interesting to see the game evolve but nonetheless, you talk about all these different things and how the game's evolving and, and how people are adapting, but yet the front office has to adapt too, right? You know, there's got to be changes made from a personnel standpoint. I think you talked a little bit about the opportunities on, on the analytics side, uh, but, but from my short time in, in the front office um, in baseball, you know, I saw the opportunity, and Fred can maybe speak to this, but you got to have people on on the side of the field that understand all of that too. And, and there's gotta be language that is all, you know, spoken in the same way. Um, maybe point out some of the opportunities where, where those cross over 
and, and there are things that people can develop skills uh, or skill sets that they can kind of get ahead of, ahead of the curve like you did in your career. I, I think, Jake, that um, the changes, uh, as, as noted, have been dramatic. But the opportunities uh, for those with um, a, a, a background uh, in technology, I'll use that as a general subject, are, are uh, greater than ever before. Uh, I, the, the number of teams that are placing a heavy, heavy uh, 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 importance on using analytical assessments uh, for uh, player moves, player evaluations uh, is incredible. And what's happening, Jake, as I see it, uh, is that there are certain teams that are putting a lot of emphasis on what's taking place. And we've seen some of that success, of course, uh, with a team like the Houston Astros, indeed with a team like the Dodgers and others. But when I look at that also, I also look at there are teams that haven't um, – put the emphasis there. And, and part of it uh, is uh, no likelihood from financial considerations. But that being said, I think it offers opportunities for young people in exploring with teams and organizations. Uh, again, the, um, uh, the possibility of finding a position, you first have to be prepared, of course, from an educational standpoint. But there's absolutely no question about how uh, information is being used today, and that information is being provided by people who have a expertise and an education in the uh, in the world of technology and analytics. So um, I I, th I think it's an exciting time for people in this area, and uh, Ari certainly is uh, playing a role in helping young people. Um, learn a proper path and get some of the, the basic information uh, as far as um, what's being used and how they go about preparing. Oh, themselves. absolutely, Fred. And Ari, I have one more question for you before we, we ask our last question and wrap up the episode today. But what is maybe one thing you've learned from working for so many different organizations that you've kind of gotten to see a different perspective and through a different lens that um, you, you find really interesting in, in, in terms of your time throughout your, your career in the front office? Yeah, so I've been very fortunate to have some great mentors starting uh, all beginning with Fred and then uh, too many to name, but people who have uh, been uh, talent evaluators. And, you know, one thing that's humbling and fascinating and exciting all at once is how do you uh, take, how do you, predict what in real life an actual human will do at the major league level, whether it's somebody who starts out in high school and college and you're an amateur scout to try to uh, understand what they may look like. Now they're 17, 18 years old. Uh, what will it be in 10 years from now? It's a very challenging and, and humbling experience, but you know, great reward, reward since that's how you know, largely successful franchises are built. And then the other uh, similar uh, fascinating aspect is when there's a player that's struggling and uh, you know, if he's on your team, you want to understand, 
do you want to cut him or send him to the minor, minors? Or do you want to keep him up and work with him and hope he turns around? And that's kind of similar if you're at a business and there's a, an employee that's being challenged. Do you cut them? Do you give them more chances? Um, but also if you're on a team and you see uh, another organization has a struggling player, you may have an idea and say, I want, if we switch him to our organization and we have him bring back his splitter or, you know, we think we can work out some of his mechanics, uh, you could have a reclamation type project. So that that's one of the things that I found, you know, just wonderful to be a part of and try to learn how do you identify talent 10 years in the future and how do you help decide when to cut somebody or when to stick with them? Well, I'm sure that applies to really almost anything, right? If you're, if you're the, the general manager and you're hiring your front office staff, you're obviously you, you want your job to, to be forever, but the reality is it's probably not right, Fred. And, and so you're looking at who, who could take my place in 10 years, right? And you're trying to almost scout out the talent in that sense. Very definitely, Jake. I think that's true in, in every organization. And when you uh, look at uh, career paths, uh, you see that taking place of um, careers that just continue to evolve and progress. And then when you look at the common characteristics of those people who are achieving, uh, you will find um, many common characteristics. No, absolutely. And one of the things, Ari and Fred, I, I wanted to do at the end of the episode is we've been doing this for the last couple is, is asking what one piece of advice you'd give to yourself if you had started now and, you know, looking back at your career thus far and thinking about what would be helpful uh, starting in 2019 almost? Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I could uh, go on then. There'd be a lot of advice I tell my younger self. Probably one would be to have more fun. And what um, <laughs> ended up with me is, you know, there, there's always going to, you know, hopefully always going to be a future, you know, focus on, put, put all your focus on what you need to do of your task at hand. So I think when I was younger, I, uh, you know, focused a lot more on, you know, great, I'm here now, but I really want to go, so, you know, to, to the next level, which is good to have, but, you know, Fred instilled in me to, you know, just do the best job I can be with whatever tools or whatever responsibility you've been enabled to do. And then, you know, the rest can grow with it. And I did find out when I kind of let go a little bit and just did it as best as I could. I, I'm trying to do that now. I'm trying to do that today. Um, you know, it's a much more rewarding and fun experience. Fred? I think, Jake, that... Uh... A very important thing is for each of us, and certainly with young people, form your own board of directors. And that board may be changing, but reach out and, and uh, find uh, the people who have an interest in helping you. And it can come across a, a variety of positions but when you're making decisions or in any role that you have in your career, 
seek the advice of good counsel. Uh, that advice may and probably is right there uh, behind you or in front of you or surrounding you, and that's your family. But beyond that, uh, any time in your career, your aspirations, surround yourself with the best people that you can think of, those people who you admire in terms of what they've done or how they've conducted their lives or their business and call upon them for help and guidance. Because uh, I think if one does that, there's a better chance to make the right decisions. No, that's great, Fred. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and Ari, we really loved having you on today's episode. Uh, we look forward to hopefully having you on again here in the, in the near future, uh, maybe during spring training at some point and, and, and talking some more baseball. Um, Fred, always a pleasure. You know, we look forward to our next episode uh, the, ne the next week. And always an interesting topic to be had uh, is student athletes. So looking at what the, the life of uh, student athletes and working with student athletes looks like. So um, for all those who are listening and going to the winter meetings, best of luck. Uh, enjoy. And as Ari said, have fun. And thank you to our listeners. If you liked today's episode and want to share it with your colleagues and friends, please share on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, share it on social media. And if you have any questions or suggestions for our next episode, please email life at lifeinthefrontoffice at gmail.com. Thank you and good night. <laughs>